Hello there and welcome to the INFJ Journey podcast. I am Ariane Kverdiax, an INFJ art writer, podcaster, storyteller and founder of the INFJjourney.com. No one is you and that is your power. This could be a pretty good way of getting the gist of the INFJ's life experience. Yet our journey is no walk in the park. It is one of unique challenges and hard to get rewards. One of deep solitude and constant battle to find a way, our way, to turn our unique gifts and our vision into reality. But you are not alone in this world. There are others just like you. On this podcast channel, we discuss all things INFJ. This is our place where we can be what we truly are, share our thoughts, our questions, our dreams, our insights, our epiphanies, our challenges, and our vision. This is our journey too, where you are seen, heard, and understood as well. There's never been a better time than now to share our stories with the rest of the world. So, go ahead and join us on the journey of discovery and endless imagination. Think about the eye of the hurricane. No matter how intense the storm or what swept it in its gale force winds, that calm, blue center is always there. We all have this quiet center within us. George Mumford. When it comes to seeing things, few among the non-INFJ people can compete with us, INFJs of the world. And that's because seeing is the big thing in an INFJ's life. And when I say seeing, what I really should say is inciting. If it is even a word, I'm not sure. For those of you who are already listeners of the INFJ Journey podcast channel, I'm sure you know by now the way I see you, my dear fellow INFJs of the world. And for those of you who just discovered this podcast channel, what is the INFJ Journey podcast all about? First of all, it's about us as we are, not as we ought to be. If we, as INFJs, were to access things that are usually more, if not exclusively, accessible to extroverts. Secondly, it is also sharing our journey as INFJs, our life experience with all its difficulties, its frustrations, its questions, its pain, its sorrow, not to mention the deep solitude all have to live with. And thirdly, it's about building on what we are, our true nature, and on what we have, our INHS treasure trove, as a realistic and creative way to access and to activate our full INFJ potential, a smart shortcut for us, if you will. So think about the eye 
of the hurricane now. Oh, you're not sure you, you've, you've even ever been there? Perhaps you haven't. Or you have, and this is something you'd rather not think about again. But truth be told, the eye of the hurricane is a place where all of us are energies of the world will be one day. The perfect, if not natural, place for us to be as our energies. Why? Well, because I strongly believe that our energies are naturally cut out for the extraordinary. It doesn't mean, though, that we can't enjoy a more peaceful kind of life. It just, mean, just means that we will have a better chance at revealing ourselves to the world if we have been in the hurricane's eyes, I, at least once. Hello, hello, my dear fellow energies of the world. How are you today? Super fine, I hope. And as usual now, I would like to take some time to welcome our new INFJ Journey podcast listeners from Neptune City, New Jersey, USA. Oh, by the way, Neptune City, what a beautiful name for a city. I don't know where the name comes from, but hooray for it. It's very beautiful, very inspiring. So big, a big welcome to people from Neptune City, New Jersey, New Jersey, sorry, USA. From people, to people from Santo Domingo Este, Dominican Republic. To people from Legaspi, province of Albe, Philippines. Magadangu Manga, good morning uh, to you people from uh, Philippines and people to people from Thornhill, Ontario, Canada and to people from Taunton, Somerset, UK. Welcome to you all, new and old listeners alike and thank you so much for tuning in each week from your corner of the world. I am honored to have you on board this exciting adventure. The INFJ Journey podcast is our voice. Remember that, our journey and our vision as well. Now, picture this. Starling walk in the fresh-smelling semi-dark, knowing in some primal way that she was near the sea. When next she walked, a voice was talking quietly to her, offering a warm cup, like the thud and crackle of distant fireworks, the remnants of fear and pain popped out on the horizon, pop on the horizon. She was in the garden of the hurricane's high. Thomas Harris, Hannibal, 1996. I suppose you kind of know it by now my dear fellow INFJs of the world, but I am a big fan of Thomas Harris' writing. Not just the story, the writing. Why? Because if you have read it, the novel and the, and the other books as well, you would have noticed, I'm sure, that Thomas Harris has a very visual kind of writing. He's, uh, he's not describing things. He is literally seeing things as any INFJ would. And when he wants to share 
when he wants us to share in his vision, he's not describing per se. He's saying, he's just opening his mind to us and we are invited to share in his many visions. And it's very compelling, it's very mesmerizing because you feel like you are behind his eyes seeing what is so, seeing how is so. And it is extremely powerful. It's a very um, magical way of writing, I think, and I like it. So you know now that I am a big fan of both the stories and the style of Thomas Harris, particularly in his second opus of the Unable series. And it's 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 the part of what I just quoted and thank you very much Thomas Harris for that. Uh, it was just some a very short excerpt from, from from his novel. And it's the part of the story when the good doctor Hannibal Lecter has disappeared for a couple of years now. I think it's something like seven years. And the FBI Agent Clarice Starling, at the beginning of the story, in the first opus, she was just a, a trainee and an intern, if you will. And she, she graduated and she became a fully uh, from, uh, agent, uh, Clarice Sterling of uh, agent, FBI agent. And she's still trying to catch him in her spare, spare time. And she isn't, she isn't really entirely to do that she's just that she she's obsessed with him and she she wants to to catch him but not to 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 have him executed but to have him uh locked down in in a cage because she at the beginning of the second opus she she's still convinced that this man is only evil and nothing else and she wants she wants him to be locked down and, and to be to be neutralized in, in a way so it's, it's the part of the story uh, i've just read where where clara sterling is uh, uh chasing the good doctor and trying to gather uh, elements of uh, information as to help her help her in her pursuit of uh, the good doctor and she she is she is literally like i said uh obsessed with him and we will see that this obsession is something that in a way we uh, we are in ages uh, share with her because i am i, I kind of noticed uh, i couldn't help uh, but but noticing that INFJs are very obsessive people and Perhaps some of you are not very keen on, 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 on saying that, but I think that's the truth. And it's better to, in, 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 according to me, and I, and I am fully aware it's very subjective, but I think it's better to acknowledge what we are instead of trying to dodge the, the things that we are not very at ease with. And one of these things as INFJs, uh, is, uh, the fact that we are 
obsessive people. And it's not a bad thing at all, uh, according to me again. Uh, and so she is obsessive and she is trying to find that the good doctor. And long story short, Clarice Sterling ended up in Lecter's uh, hideout, a, a huge villa somewhere on the east east coast of the United States. And at that point of the narrative, she's right in the hurricane's eye. And the hurricane's eye, many of us have have been there already, oftentimes as collateral victims of someone else's turmoil, because we are very uh, empathetic and Many, many times around, we, we got caught in uh, someone else, you know what, because uh, at the beginning of the story, we, we just wanted to help. We just wanted to be kind. We just wanted to follow uh, our empathy. And we, en- we, uh, we, end up, we ended up or end up uh, in, uh, in a deep, you know what, because, because, because of that. And the, the hurricane's eye for us, high energy, is something that we, 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 we will, uh, get caught in quite a few times in our life. And, and for those of us who are not prepared for that, my advice is prepare for that because it will come. It will happen. But the better prepared you are, the better chance you stand of, of escaping it, of making it outside. And <clears throat> it is, in fact, the hurricanes are quite terrifying. I'm fully aware of that. And if we're, we're being t- totally honest, it's also accelerating as well. And it is the perfect, if not natural, place for us to be uh, as I energies as I said before it kind of feel like home uh, like it kind of feels like home because uh, how should I put it it's very weird to say that <laughs> uh, but being in the midst of some kind of turmoil for us even though it's really not a pleasant place to be it kind of feels like home don't you think and wonders, in fact, I believe that wonders can be brought to life indeed just by being there and, of course, by surviving it. And again, it's weird, I know. And recently, I stumbled upon an Instagram story that caught my attention about the INFJ protector who, and I quote, can be often found in the middle of the storm. And I thought this is it. If you have a close look on the internet, on social media, among others, you'll see a lot of content about how to escape hardship as high energies. Of course, I can understand how this kind of posts and story are are built where where they come from and because nobody fences being tested by life being miserable being powerless being broken even it goes with the usual standpoint most humans go from which is avoiding turmoil 
and pain at all costs. Uh, cost, sorry. And been there and done that too. And didn't work that well for me, to be honest. It was mostly damage control. And, well, then what? Should we, as INFGs, seek to get caught in the hurricane's eye? Is it what I'm saying? No, of course not. To do just that would be stupid and dangerous. But there's something useful in paying attention to that. And here what is what it is. Can you imagine a happy and peaceful Thesis in the Odyssey? If yes, can you imagine the guy wanting to be part of the Trojan War just for the sake of it? Getting stranded in the Aegean Sea for like something like, if I'm not mistaken, 17 years or so, and being separated from his loving Penelope for that time, because even though he wasn't faithful to her while he was away, he still loved her very much. And had his palace sacked and is son estranged? Let's face it, it is the ordeal that makes the hero grow. His stature as a, as a hero would be directly correlated to the time he or she would have to spend right in the middle of the hurricane's eye. And to me, imagining this is happy and peaceful, it's it's totally impossible. Why he would have done all the things that he did if he were like that? You have to have some kind of incentive to get out in the world and do the things that you're supposed to do as a narrative hero or as the hero of your own life, in a way. But he- hear me out, my dear precious fellow energies of the world. I'm not trying to pitch that kind of ordeal to you. It would be insane, as I said before. But what I'm telling you, however, is that we grow when we are losing our footing, when all landmarks disappear one after one in our life. In short, when we get to the point in our own private ordeal where all we have left is our ability to summon our vision or our visions, to embody it or them, to get our hands on the invisible thread that binds it or that binds it, sorry, to 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 the material world. And being an INFJ with our sensitivity, our empathy, our deeply seated desire to help others, and our dislike for conflicts does not rule out at all being the toughest kind of survivor. As INFJs, we all know, I suppose, that we are not lacking in contradictions, far from it. <laughs> we, we can be extremely kind and understanding to the point we forget about our own needs, our own boundaries and our own aspirations. And when we've reached that point, what it usually means is for us is that 
that we are in deep trouble, unfortunately. We've, we've become sitting ducks for energy vampires, for perverse narcissists, for abusive person in all shapes or forms, any kind of malicious people, in fact. And at that point, it may seem, may seem to, to many that we are going to be crushed very badly. I know the feeling, believe me, and I'm sure that you do too. It happened to some of us, unfortunately, when, when, we, have when we have to fight for our own survival, alone, misunderstood, and more often than not, sadly enough, without the moral support of knowing our true nature, of knowing our true nature enough. But I stand to what I said earlier about us being naturally equipped to go through hell and back to the life we want for ourselves. Truly, I stand to that. And not only that, but about us being able to actually grow from our time in the hurricane's eye. Speaking of which, what do you think happened to Clarice, to Clarice Starling in the hurricane's eye? Of course, Clarice Starling is a fictional character from Thomas Harris' novel Hannibal. I know that, guys. But her character is very well designed and enduring as well. And I, I have to tell you guys, if you haven't guessed already, I feel so close to her. She and I actually share some interest, interesting commonalities, and perhaps with you too. Who knows? Let's see. <laughs> Clarice is an orphan. First, her dad got killed in a turnbad robbery in, I think it was in Virginia, if I remember correctly. She stayed with her mom for a couple of years and finally she died too and she became an orphan. So she had to live with her, with her uncle and it turned bad too with him and she, she moved to a very strict uh, Lutheran boarding school and at that point on it was a it was mere survival. It was not having a life. It was survival. And she had virtually no friends there. It's, it was very tough and very harsh and very unrewarding for her. And she is a lonely shite, misunderstood or ignored most of the time by adults. And even by her, her roommates in, in the boarding school she was in. And she has strong values and real empathy, although she doesn't advert advertise them. She is strong, she is resilient, she is determined, and she is very, very private, secretive even. She has a very good intuition. She has real empathy. She is a no-nonsense kind of woman. She also is the kind of person who always tries to do the right thing, starting with her failed attempt to save this crying lamb back in her uncle's ranch. She has to fight for everything, education, work, social recognition, money, etc. 
She treasures her solitude. She is independent, willing, courageous. She doesn't do small talks. And when she is rescued by the good daughter Hannibal Lecter, she doesn't freak out. She assessed her situation very cleverly and reacts accordingly very, very fast. It doesn't take Clarice much time to realize that if she were to survive her predicament, at least it looked like that at the beginning of this part of the story, she would have to tap into her deeper source of strength and mental clarity. I've been there too, of course, not with Dr. Anibal Lecter, as I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have survived the encounter, but with very toxic and malevolent people too. And my first reaction each time I ended up in the hurricane's eye was to freeze. I felt numb, speechless, seemingly submissive. I didn't panic though, but deep inside, my whole being was on high alert mood. Then my overthinking, overanalyzing, INFG brain took over and I started to adapt to my new situation just long enough to imagine the best way to escape it. And this process goes on until my restless INFJ mind has found its invisible balance point from where I sort of explore the whole situation from the inside out. And what I mean by that is, by invisible balance point, is once I got over the freezing mode, I am able to assess how I could get something from it. I suppose that weird part is my INFJ's natural drive to always learn kicking in. What do you think, guys? Are you like that? Built the same way I am? The whole thing is absolutely weird, to say the least. I know that. And it's not necessarily safe for me or for you. But it's the only way I could imagine for me to survive the hurricanes I experience and to even get something valuable for me out of it. So back to Clarice Star Starling in the hurricanes I Here's what I think happened to her. She discover, discovered her own worth, not just an FBI agent, but simply as a human being. She started to realize she wasn't the ugly duckling, just someone very unique who will never fit in. And she kind of embraced that reality, the new normal for her if you will. She is no longer ashamed of her past, of her tragic family life, of her between bracket white trash kind of roots, between brackets, of course. And, and in, in the book, it is, uh, it is something that she thoroughly discussed with Hannibal once she got uh, caught in the hurricane's eye. Her roots is a poor woman a poor kid and a poor woman, for a long time anyway. She healed her damaged soul by revisiting her past in a more 
lucid in a more in a calmer way, if you will, in, and in a more mature and benevolent way as well. She went beyond fear and beyond morality to find another life for herself. She confronted the worst kind of evil, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. And not only did she survive it, but she found a totally unexpected form of love on the other side of hell and of fear. And last but not least, she managed to preserve her good, her, her good heart and her purity. At least that's the way I see it. And for those of you who have read the novel, what do you think? Am I right to say all these things? Or do you think that's, that's not the case? I'd be very curious to know what you think about it, my dear fellow INFJs of the world. And how many among us INFJs of the world have been caught in the hurricane's eye and survived it? But more to the point, how did we survive it? What helped us? What didn't? What did our super powerful minds devise to escape it, to even grow from it? to turn our ordeal into something useful and perhaps even beautiful. Perhaps you temporarily stop being your normal energy self just to buy yourself some time. I know I did. And maybe you developed survival patterns. If so, did you forgive yourself for picking these patterns while enduring traumas. I'd be interested in having your feedback. I really would on these questions, my dear fighting fellow INFJs of the world. And recently, a new INFJ Journey podcast listener popped up on my Telegram channel. His name is Sam. And if Sam is listening to me right now, hi, Sam. So glad you've reached our INFJ community. And in my Telegram channel, I posted a question with an image and of a tiny and beautiful bird that read like this, a comment that read like this. Do you feel like this beautiful little guy, beautiful, fragile, and so seemingly unfit for this world? And Sam was kind enough to comment by saying, in short, that he used to feel like that, but as he grew older, he managed to reclaim the hidden strength he used to have as an INFJ. So you see, guys, this is precisely why I'm doing the podcast channel, The INFJ Journey, because I kind of already know you guys. You are amazing. And you also are, most of you are survivors. And that counts for something, isn't it? But I would like you to share your journey, your experience with us. Make us part of your victory. Tell us how you survived the hurricane's eye. Reach out to me by enrolling in the INFJ Journey Project. Links in the show notes as usual. And please, 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 whatever you do, don't forget the most important part of the project. It's the poll. If you don't answer the poll, I have no way of reaching out to you and I have nothing to say about you, be that as a podcast interview or a 
written uh, narrative in the upcoming books uh, book, sorry, the INFJ journey, which which will be uh, an both an ebook and an audio book released on Amazon KDP. So if you, in short, if you if you feel like sharing your experience as an INFJ, your journey, reach out to me. Enroll in the INFJ project, INFJ journey project. Read it, answer the poll, send it back to me, and then we will have something to discuss. And I would be so glad to interview you uh, through Riverside and to to have your narrative written in the book. Because many people among INFJ uh, content creators uh, write about us. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course not. But how about having your journey narrated by yourself? And it would be something. Can you imagine that? A book, an audiobook, and a series of podcast interview, uh, interviews with us. It's a project that is designed for us and should be done by us, not by me, people. By us. We are all in the same boat as INFJs, even though we are very, very diverse and very, very unique. I know that, of course. But how about, can you imagine that? A book done by us and for us. And an audiobook and a series of podcast interviews. Wow, that would be something. And I guess what, what, what I'm trying to say to you guys is that we are not defined by the ordeal we survived. We didn't end up in the hurricane's eye because of what we are as INFJs. If anything, what defines, between brackets, us is more our ability to imagine new ways of journeying as INFJs than our suffering. You are not, never was, and never will be damaged goods. Cut yourself some slack and ask yourself candidly, why and how did I make it? See, survival for us is never a straight kind of story. I very much like this quote from Terry Pratchett. People think that stories are shaped by people. In fact, it's the other way around. Long time ago, I had this extremely intense dream of a sea storm. I guess most INFJs have very vivid dreams and many amongst us remember them long after they're gone. As for me, I never forgot the sea storm dream I had and for a very long time I I didn't quite understand why. Because of what we are and what we do as INFJs, we always want to understand things, to figure them out, to isolate and analyze patterns and use them to learn whatever we can about our images. They are such a vital part of our inner world, isn't it? In my sister dream, I was cut off from the world, stranded on a tropical island. And I remember vividly the merciless gale winds, the dark sky, the desperation I felt. I was 
certain I would not survive being caught in the hurricane's eye. And oddly enough, I was okay with that. I felt very much alone. But to be perfectly honest, pretty much the way I usually feel. So here I was on the deserted tropical island in the middle of a sea storm, helpless and alone, when I spotted this one poor palm tree fighting like hell to make it. And all of a sudden, I completely forgot about my own survival. I couldn't stop looking at this resilient palm tree. Every inch of its being was fighting like hell for its survival, alone and in the brutal indifference of nature. And truth be told, I was completely mesmerized by the image of this little palm tree. It seemed to me that the little guy was the perfect epitome of survival and of resilience. And beyond that, of imaginative survival. As long as I can remember, I try to find my special place in this world that is hardly made for us, INFJs. I felt so alone and so unfit for this world. And quite simply, I felt like an alien. Nobody really knew what to do with. And I suppose... Many amongst us feel the same way. And there is a pattern in our ability as energies to overcome the trials of our lives. My survival pattern has always been about using my spiritual source, for lack of better words, to imagine my own existence. What I mean by that is, and perhaps you can relate to that too, that it has always been, for me, the invisible realm that got me through my own storms. It never was the material one. And this is neither good nor bad. It's just that, my reality. But what's yours, my dear fellow energies of the world? How do you feel about your personal grounding to this world? Are you well anchored? How would you describe it, your grounding to this world? What's your best asset in a crisis? Do you know it? I know that many of us are empaths. And for those of us who are being caught in the hurricane's eye as empaths, it can be a devastating experience. And when it happens and when and if we survive it, oh boy, do we grow. I've lived in, in Canada a couple of years ago. I lived in the East Coast and in West Coast. And I have to tell you, Canada is a gorgeous land. It's beautiful. And it's, well, the landscapes are amazing beyond any kind of description. I mean, it's, it's, it's Canada, eh? And this country is very, very dear to me. Always has been. And one thing I really, really liked in Canada was the landscape, the landscapes, especially the huge forests of Quebec and Ontario, just to name a few. I had, when I was living in Canada, I had a very, very good friend there. And I used to go for long walks with him 
in these forests, and I remember very vividly a sad story he shared with me once. He got lost in the boreal forest and of Ontario, and he was badly injured. He couldn't walk, and he was alone too. The night came in, and he thought, that's it, I'm done. Because of the cold, because he was very far from anything, and he couldn't do anything, there was no cell phone at that time, so he was pretty much uh, doomed, at least according to him. And he thought, well, that's it, I'm done. And I have to tell you that my friend was a true fatalist, and so he pretty much accepted his fate. And he told me that when the moon appeared in the dark sky of the boreal forest, he just looked at it, mesmerized by it, and thought how indifferent nature was about his life, about our lives, and how alone we are anyway. And clearly my friend was right about that part. But even though my late friend was a very, very clever and resilient guy, I believe he left out something very important in his story. Yes, nature doesn't care if we survive the hurricane's eye. It's super true. But the whole universe doesn't feel the same about us, making it or not. And I'm certain of that. In fact, I believe that when we make it, especially those of us who are empaths, our pain, our fear, our hope, our intuition, and our inner beauty, all these feelings will affect the world positively. Simply put, our ordeal as INFJs is part of the world's beauty. My dear fellow INFJs of the world, do you remember your light as well as you remember the darkness you went through? Although each of us is absolutely unique, as INFJ we share some common ways of being present to that world. And one of these ways is our tendency to dwell on the darkness we will all go through one day or another, and to neglect to tap into the light we all have inside of us. So you may wonder why I'm asking you those questions. And the reason why is because it is vital for us to acknowledge the part of us that has the potential not only to save us when we get caught in the hurricane's eye, but also that part that can help the world to get out of its own darkness. And speaking of darkness, I like to go back to Canada for a while. I told you about my good Canadian friend who almost died in the boreal forest. We, oui, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> oui. yes. By the way, he didn't die in the forest. He died many years later uh, in his bed. So back to that little story and back to Canada just for a little while. I told you about him in the boreal forest in Ontario a long time ago. And I wanted to ask you, my fellow INFJs, do you know the Canadian TV series called Cardinal? It was broadcast in, if I remember correctly, in January 2017, starring Billy Campbell as Detective John Cardinal and Karen Vanessi as Detective Liz Delorme, who investigate crimes in the fictional city of Algonquin Bay in southern Canada, in Ontario, in fact. And I am a 
a huge, huge fan of this t TV series, especially the main character, Detective John Cardinal. And by the way, the series is inspired from a, <clears throat> a Joyce Blunt's uh, book series uh, of the same name, Cardinal. And so I am a big fan of the detective John Cardinal, and he is the kind of fictional character we Inages could very, very easily relate to because, because he is an introvert, he is a loner, he is highly sensitive, he is obsessive, he is an empath, he is very demanding of himself, he is anxious like hell, he has a tragic sense of life, he is easily hurt, he is moody. He is highly intelligent. He is observant. He is complex. He is, he overthinks. He is resilient. And in the series, Detective John Cardinal got caught quite a few times in the hurricane's eye. And there he suffers, of course. He doubts. He endures silently his ordeal. He tries, and he also tries, and I guess it's the most important part of the story, he also tries to save people while being caught in the hurricane's eye. People who are going through a worse hell than he is. And in fact, he could very much be John Cardinal, the perfect INFJ fictional character. But what made him so endearing to me is his profound humanity. He is imperfect as hell. And he also is kind of weird, very endearing wonder, if it's even a concept. And he knows what the world is all about. His eyes are wide open. And how little he, he can contribute. But he, he does his part anyway. He's like a little colibri. And he embodies perfectly of fight in the midst of the hurricane's eye, what John Mark Green so beautifully and so aptly summarized when he said, you are not the darkness you endured, you are the light that refused to surrender. So that's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode that it offered you some value as well. And I would appreciate uh, if you could uh, spare some time and go to my website to comment it if you feel like it on www.infjjourney.com. And also, uh, if you could uh, rate and review my, my podcast on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as well, because as I said many times before, it is for us podcasters the best way, if not the only way, to help us practically. It's by going to Apple Podcasts, rate, review and subscribe. And for those of you who wish to support my work further, especially my new project called The Weather Outside, you can go to my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash journey. And also make sure to download all the freebies I have designed especially for you. And as I mentioned in this podcast episode, go to... Uh, to uh, the INFJ, download uh, the INFJ Journey project, enroll in it, answer the poll, and 
reach out to me because it's the only way for me to have something to say about you, to get to know you. So all the links will be in the show notes as usual. And I wanted to thank you again for tuning in each week, for listening to that podcast number 11 of season two called The Hurricane's Eye. And until we meet next week, take good care of your INFJ self and bye for now.